Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. So, um, like last week, um, I will leave the YouTube stream on my phone. It, it helps me to follow the conversation. So in case there's a feedback I need to, re- I need to respond to online, I will say it here. That also means my phone can ring. Okay? So if it does, I'll pass it to Bolu to help me to answer. All right. Hallelujah. So um, this is our fifth week of this conversation. God didn't do it. All right? So um, today we'll end the teaching, okay? Amen. How has it been so far? So, God doesn't seize human's will even when it contradicts his will. God doesn't seize human's will even when it contradicts his will. This is so important, okay? God doesn't seize human's will even when it contradicts his will. God is not sovereign over human's choices. By this I mean God doesn't determine what we choose. God is not sovereign over human's choices. God won't make you do something without your consent. God won't make you do something without your consent. We are not pencils that of the Creator. We are not pencils in the hands of the Creator. Amen, amen. We are not pencils in the hands of the Creator. It's a super story. Wow, who watched Pastor as a child growing up here? You know, at the end of every episode, you will see we are nothing but pencils in the hands of the Creator. No, we are not pencils in the hands of the Creator. The kind of ideologies that people have about God is just outrightly ridiculous. If we are pencils in his hands, then he's a bad writer. We are not pawns on his chessboard. We are the image of God. We are free will beings. We are not pencils in the hands of the Creator. Luke 9, 51 to 56. Luke 9, 51 to 56. 
Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the village of Samaritans to, to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for John to Jerusalem. So, they rejected Jesus. Fully man, fully God. They rejected him. It did not make them to receive him. They rejected Jesus. It did not make them to receive him. God is not sovereign over our choices. Even when our choices mean that we reject, reject God, he does not make us do what he would have us do. James 1, 10 to 17. James 1, 13 to 17. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Why? For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Fifteen, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Again, the, the spam guy is back on the, on the comment section. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. So he's saying that, you know, when we are tempted, God is not tempting us. That it is, our te it is us, okay, that we are dragged away by our own evil desires and enticed. Okay? And when, you know, when, when, when we are inside and we act on it, okay, it says when, when sin conceives, you know, it gives birth to, to death. You know, let, let's, that's how I put it. That when temptation is, you know, is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Okay? But in all of that, God is not involved. God does not tempt us okay, with evil, with issues. It, it does not tempt us. All right? So that we cannot say that when things go south or when we act wrongly, that it is God that made it happen. God has established in us the right to make choices. Humans make choices. And many times the choice contradicts God's will, okay? And God allows us to make our choices. We see at the beginning, at the very beginning, now, we are learning theology, okay? The beginning, the beginning is very important. First principles, all right? That God made his first man, Adam, okay? And his babe, Eve. And told them, you shall not you shall eat of every other tree, but this particular tree, you shall not eat of it, okay? Because when you eat of it, you shall surely die. Meaning, it places for them life and death. Choose life that you may live or choose death and you will die. Okay, but he allowed them to make a choice. That principle remains to today. That God has made humans free will beings. We are not pencils 
in the hands of the Creator. We are making our choices and living by the consequences. Even when the consequence we ought God, He allows us to make, you know, our choices. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30, from 15 to 20. Deuteronomy 30, from 15 to 20. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk, in, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. 17. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing Jordan to enter and possess. Verse 19. This day I call the heavens and earth as nothing against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and causes. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. Hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years, and the land is swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I allow you to make this choice. I put before you choices, options. Follow me and live. All right? Obey me and live. Okay? Disobey me, and you will see destruction. In fact, I won't destroy you. But in disobeying me, you are pinging destruction. You are pinging evil by disobeying me. By disobeying me, you are pinging destruction. So I allow you to make your choices. I will only guide you okay, and tell you what to do. Okay? It's now upon you to make your choice and live by the consequences. We need to kill this idea of Amu Aolong. So I was doing a radio show you know, with our an elderly person. So she was playing, playing, playing that radio, and this particular conversation came up. How oh, some, some people are destined, you know, they have Oriya Ometa, you know, they come with age that is to marry many, many, many spouses. Okay? I was telling the other person, no one comes with age to marry many, you make your choices. We have to kill this thinking. Okay? Amen. We make our choices. We make our choices. So, does God choose our leaders? Does God choose our leaders? Romans 13. Romans 13, 1 to 7. Does God choose our leaders? Scripture, that's a manipulator, is dangerous. Scripture, that's a manipulator, is dangerous. When wicked men find Scripture, and find ignorant men, chaos prevails. When wicked men undo scripture with ignorant people, chaos prevails. So I remember during the end strike protest, some people came out saying, the Bible says that we should obey authority. Okay? Never disagree and all that kind of stuff. Okay? The Bible says and all that kind of stuff. Okay? Scripture 
with wrong people is dangerous. Chaos will prevail when scripture is in the hands of manipulative people. Romans 13, 1 to 7. All right. Let everyone be supposed to come to authorities, okay? For there is no authority except that which God has established. All right? Are we together? Okay, let, let, help, me, help, me, help me go there together. Help me do together. I'm a bit, I'm running ahead of myself, my pace, okay? Romans 13, 1 to 7. Romans 13, 1 to 7. Romans 13, 1 to 7. NIV. Want to go? Let everyone decide to come to authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Okay? That part looks as though, you know, it's like, as though he's saying that God, you know, um, appoints every leader. But I will explain what it really means, okay? Let's continue. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has, has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. You want to be free from the fear of one authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For, for, for the one authority is God's servant for your good. <coughs> for the one in authority... <coughs> Uh, is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary. Some, some authorities. Okay, verse 5. Not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Verse 6, this is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So, is the Bible saying that God, you know, establishes, as in puts people in power? When Paul that wrote this is not literate, Paul is a well-versed, you know, scripture person. Paul is an educated Pharisee, okay? Pharisee of Pharisee, top-class guy. So, is Paul saying that God decides who our leaders are. If we have said already that we are free will beings making our choices, at what point did God in a democracy, for example, decide your leader for you? Did God put Buhari as, your, as our president? Is that what Paul is saying. So Peter 2, 1 Peter 2, 17. 
First Peter 2, 13 to 17. First Peter 2, 13 to 17. First Peter 2, 13 to 17. Are we there? Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the gods who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. 15. For it is God's will that by doing good, you silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but not your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everybody. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. First Timothy 2 1 to 4. First Timothy 2 1 to 4. First Timothy 2 1 to 4. I urge then, then that first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and others in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and this is God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All right. So, what we must say clearly here, that God desires good governance, where we can live peaceably, peaceful and quiet lives in all goodness and all holiness. That God wants for us good governance. That, you know, God permits human government to maintain the peace and sanity of society, to punish evildoers and reward people that do well. So God permits human governance, knowing that human beings necessarily need governance. And that God's desire for governance is that governance be done fairly and justly. It's why he says, for he is God's servant. servant. No, no, no. It's not that God appointed him, right? But it is, is who God expects to maintain law, peace, and progress in society. So, does God choose our leaders? Does God give kings does God give kings? Does God give leaders? Well, yes and no. Let me explain. God gives man a lot of room for decision making. God gives man a lot of room for decision making. God really dictates to us what to do. God really dictates to us what to do. He expects us to seek his will and follow. For example, in Acts 1, they were to replace Judas as an apostle. So, out of everybody that was there, that made the criteria, they chose two. Okay? Nominated, nominated two people, and from the two, they cast lots, you know, to throw up, you know, a coin, okay, to choose. They chose, and God said, okay. God permitted them to choose. So, God chose in that they chose, and agreed with their choice. God chose in that they chose, <laughs> And he agreed with their choice. In Acts 6, okay, the, the early church, the early church um, leaders there, told the people, the church members, to nominate seven men 
who met the criteria of being filled with the Spirit, being good, having good character, but they made the choice. And the apostles affirmed the choice. And in so doing, God affirmed the choice. So, many times, God allows us so much room. So much room in good conscience. Most of we think as though God would always tell us, sit down, stand up, go here, go there. No. Many times, God allows us a lot of room. So, you seek his will. Alright? You seek his will and take reasonable action. Most times, you, always, you, you, you might not always have that strong sense of, you know, for, 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 for many trivial things, as God is saying, do this, do that. But you know, that you, would, you are allowed to make reasonable action, reasonable choices. You seek his will, and you trust that you are, you are actually following his will. But that God will tell you everything, A, A B, C, D, is not really so. Amen. Even the best of, best of spiritual leaders will make some, 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 some smart experiments. And that's the truth. That is the truth. Amen. So when people say, you know, in all we do, we hear God. It's true. But we, God also allows us to make choice. So don't think that when I say, hey, I, I'm always, I'm, it's not always that God said, I just feel this is right to do. Do you understand? And I, I can be wrong too. But don't think that you know you are doing. I want to tell you, sit up, stand up. We, can, we, we, we desire to hear him always, right? But many times, he allows us room. Let me say it again. We always desire, we always desire to hear him on everything. It's the way it, should, the way it ought, to, ought to be. But as many times, God allows us to make some choices. We seek his will, seek his face. We take action. Amen. So don't think that because of an emoji, all I do is thus says the Lord. I hope so. Amen. But many times God tells me, okay, take action. Take action. All right, make a choice. Glory to Jesus. When you now make a choice, Many times, if, if you have goofed, you will know again that, okay, wrong choice. You will know in your you will know, okay, by inner witness, right? But God, this is my point, God allows us to make choices. Oh, will I wear? He might tell me, I might not tell you. Wear clothes, Abby. Try to wear clothes out. We hope you wear clothes out. All right? So, we see in 1 Samuel 8, 6 to 7. 1 Samuel 8, 6 to 7. So, can I, can, I be, can, I be, can I be a little realer? When I pray someone, I hope that that topic is God's will for that Sunday. I pray. I pray, right? But doesn't, doesn't I, I'm always certain that God said this for this Sunday. Mm. That's the truth. Let's leave all the formula and the, and the spiritual gymnastic so, so, we can, so we can actually practice it. If I form for you, be in trouble because you, you know how it works in real life. You feel like I know you're in God. Okay? So I pray. I seek his face. And I hope that, hope that, 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 that was, what's in my heart is his plan for that Sunday. I pray. Seek his face. And I then really hope 
that what comes to my spirit afterwards? Many times it is. All right? But God allows us. God allows us. We see God as, as one very rigid guy. He's not that rigid. God allows us many things. He's good and he's bad. <laughs> I, I, I tell God, can you just tell me, do this? Just tell me, do. And I'll be like, eh, it's easier, right? It doesn't work that way. No serious father tells his child all to do. No, think about it. Sit down there. Stand up. It's, it's, it's 25. Go and wear your clothes. Come back. All right. So I pray. I seek his face. I then believe. I believe that what's, what's on my heart that Sunday is his will. This is it's not based in practice. Amen. Ask yourself, God, is this it? Am I sure people get blessed Sunday? Or will I just want to talk my own, you know, and go? All right, but God allows us. Amen. At times when God speaks with more authority, that you know that, okay, this is it. But God doesn't always do that. If you like, pray, okay, and fast till you are skinny. God will not always tell you, sit up, stand up. If you want to know, ask Moses and Jethro, okay, that God not tell him. God told Jacob came to tell him as God's wisdom. All right? It's important. So, 1 Samuel 8 7. 1 Samuel 8 7. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all, the, listen, look at this. Listen to what the people are saying to you. Listen to all that the people huh, are saying to you. Okay? And he told it, told Samuel for that one, okay, that it's not, it's not that they rejected, it's not that they rejected their king. That they didn't reject Samuel as their king, but it is him, God, that they have rejected. But guess what? God said, listen to them. They made their choice. Listen to them. So God allows human action, human choices. So they told God, Shah, we want, we want king go, but give us king. At least the king gave us something to choose. I said, okay, what you gave me, I will obey. And God gave them a king. Even though God did not have a king, God gave them the king they requested for. Amen. So God allows us to choose how we are governed. Do you understand? God allows us to choose how we are governed. Even if he doesn't like it, he will say yes to what we have chosen. So this displeased God, right? But God told Samuel, guy, obey them. If we see how much room God gives us, how much room he gives us, it will make us more deliberate. Amen. So God does not necessarily choose who our leaders are. Even though sometimes in Israel he did, he did that. He gave them David, he gave them um, Samuel, sorry, he gave them Saul, okay, and so on. But God didn't always do that. Uzziah 8 4. Uzziah 8 4. God did not always give them their kings. Uzziah 8 4. Uzziah 8 4. If I just say I'm there. Hosea 8.4. Are we there? They set up kings 
without my consent. God speaking. That these people, Israelites, set up kings huh? without my consent. They choose princes without my approval. With their silver and gold, they make others for themselves to their own destruction. So we see that, you know, God, even for Israel, he allowed them when they wanted to, to also choose their own kings. So how much more in our day in a democracy, secular society, where we don't have, we don't have a single religion, we don't have, we don't have a, in quotes, we don't have a, in quote a single God that we call our, you get my point here? So we cannot reasonably say that God chooses our kings for us. God affirms our choices. When we say he's our leader, God says, okay, yes. Amen? So that when we choose, God affirms it. Hallelujah. So what God does is that he permits us. So God is said to do what he permitted. What he allows us. But we know clearly that in scripture, what is clear is this, that God, you know, permits human governance for the sake of peace, progress, and protection. This is God's stake. This is God's stake in politics. That things are done well to protect human sanity, human peace. All right? Glory to Jesus. So God expects human government to keep the peace and society, okay, and keep it from, from aggressions. And if need be, use violence to keep the people from aggression. God permits violence, war, permits imprisonment, whatever it takes that you have to do in good conscience to keep sanity in the society. It didn't ordain it, right? But God, see, again, I wish we would begin to see God's pragmatism, how pragmatic God is. God doesn't like people dying, but God understands why it was. <laughs> so that next year, when we finish our election, God will say, yes, he's our president. God will say, whatever you choose next year, is our president. I sincerely hope, I wish that we as church people can see God for how practical God is. We live in a bubble where when we pray, God gives us our, our leader. If you actually see the way God works, we get involved. You get your hands in everything to get involved. Because what we choose is what God has chosen for us. You know, I like us. It might take a while, but we used to hear what last class. Nigerian, Nigerian Christians, I've seen the trend. And when I say something today, I want to say something. People will fire, drag. Give them one year. They come back and say, ah, it's true. God, 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 gives, God, God, God blesses us with material resources. Oh, okay, he does. I did not know he does. Oh, wow, he used to do that. The first drag, drag. Mumu dragging for two years. Now, oh, he's like, oh, wow. I did not know. Earlier in the year, I was saying join, join parties. People were doing as, as well as something bad. Now, it's not, it's creeping, it's creeping it from short people, small, small. It's creeping, eh, it's true. But why do we live in a bubble? Why are we so, so, so spiritually wise and, you know, practically dense? God is practical. 
When we talk marriage, people say, why are you talking about marriage so much? I don't understand people. I don't, I don't get you people. But you want to marry. We do as though God, God is dragging with our, our spouses. Why do you love us? Why do you love us? Why don't you love me? Like, eh, shut up. God is not dragging. It's not, it's not jealous. Love your wife, man. Enjoy love. It's not dragging with your, with your, with your partner. Can we be practical? As people come out and say on Twitter, eh, now it's marriage, marriage, marriage. Let's talk about Jesus. Are you kidding me? Are, are, they, are, they, drag, are they fighting each other? Are, are they conflicting? Are they, are they mutually exclusive? I believe strongly. Our faith life should show in everything. That's the point. The gospel, the gospel of salvation, God's power to salvation is not for, for, for all of your life. It's God's power for salvation in every area of your life. Righteousness, your marriage, your, your career, your finance, it should tell in every area of your life that, okay, I found the gospel. It's practical. Now, us, the make our ad. We make it hard. And then I pray to God and say, God, ah, give us money. Okay, first choose good leaders first. Amen. Your spouse and Jesus, they are not dragging. They are not dragging. Okay. So then, Paul said here that we should obey authority. How far should we obey authority? Because here, it seems as though Paul gave us unquantified, unlimited law to obey government. It looks as though he's saying, always obey government. But again, scripture explains scripture. Scripture doesn't correct itself. Scripture explains itself. So, we know for sure that Paul, Paul knows his Bible. Paul understands that the three bull boys in, in Acts 3, that the three bull boys refused, refused to bow to, to Nebuchadnezzar's image of gold and they turned turn into the fairy furnace. Paul knew that. That in doing so, they did a righteous thing. Paul also knew in Daniel 6 that, you know, the king said everybody must pray to him and not pray to any other God. But Daniel went to his upper room, opened the window, and pray to God. So Paul understood the limitations, you know, of this, of this law. In Acts 4 and Acts 5, they were told not, not to preach the name of Jesus. But the church guys went, even, went after them to the marketplace where everybody would see them and preached even more. And told them, says, we will, we will now let you decide for us. We will, we will let you, we want you to understand if it is right to obey man or to obey God. So Paul is not giving us an unquantified, you know, unlimited um, span to obey government in. Mark 12. Mark 12, 13 to 17. Mark 12, 13 to 17. Mark 12, 13 to 17. Are we there? Later, he sent some Pharisees far- far- and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. Scam. People are crazy, man. 
See, see, they are bushing him up. When people start praising like that, be careful. There may be a trap ahead of you. Okay? You aren't swayed by others. Because you pay attention to who they are. Okay? But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. See the trap. Is it right to pay the imperial task, tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? Because we know that you, always, you know how people want you now. You always say the truth. You always say your mind. You don't feel like a bad guy. Most honest. Okay? <laughs> most blunt. All right. But Jesus knew the hypocrisy. Okay? Why are you trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look into it. 16. They brought the coin and he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. 17. Then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. So saying that Caesar has his thing. God has his thing. When Caesar passes his boundary to enter God's parts, we will tell him, Caesar, you are Caesar, you are not God. But yes, give to Caesar, Caesar, pay your tax. But when Caesar begins to pass his boundary, Oga, Oga, this is the limb that we obey you to. We see this in scripture. Okay? That when civic duties clash with human rights, okay, clash, clash with our, our rights as God's children, the lesser must go for the higher. Okay, our rights as God's children, okay, our human rights, okay, supersede any civic duty. Amen. All right? So, the idea here is this. That, you know, we should not try to create, follow me please, to create, you know, an empire within an empire. That's what I mean. Where we tell ourselves, because I am born again, because I am saved, and I belong to God's kingdom, I will not obey my earthly rulers anymore. Maybe I belong to God. Okay? I will not, I will not obey anybody. This is what Paul was trying to prevent. That we don't become impractical in our being heavenly citizens. That we must still interact, engage, participate in our physical governance. In our day, believers are leaving the earthly governance, telling themselves, I'm a citizen of Zion. I hope you know that Zion doesn't do electric, electric lights, electric power. Zion doesn't supply power to your house or water or diesel. Amen. So we must be practical in understanding scripture. That we are still to obey, engage, participate in our civil governance so that there is what? Peace, prosperity, protection, and progress. They were talking about maybe they are unsaved. You know, they are pagans. How do I, you know, obey pagans? No. That you obey in good conscience. Saying that if you disobey, okay, civic, 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 um, civic rules, and they catch you and punish you, that's God's way for you. It says, it's God's servants. 
and it does not bear the sword for nothing. Meaning if you, if you misbehave and they deal with you, God approves it. But when there's a clash between civic duties and what is right, God said I will speak out. The Hebrew boys did. The early church did. All right? So also, many that we should, not, we should not avoid politics because pagans are there. It's so daft, it's ridiculous. If they are meant to be God's hand for, for, for protection, who should be deaf no us? <laughs> Amen. Be, be involved. Get involved. Join a party. Now it's popular, Abby. See, it's not popular. I told you when it's not, when, when, I told you when it's not popular. Now everybody said it now. So I have sense. Follow. Join a party. Amen. Join a party. Glory to Jesus. So, where the line is, is where, you know, where civic duties clash with, with our God-given rights. And in a democracy, we are given already rights for how to agree, how far to agree, and what to do where we disagree. We have the civil rights of protest. We have our rights to change governments, either through our, our, our every first election or through impeachment. Okay? We are allowed to. But the only way we can fully exercise this right is by us getting involved physically. We cannot pray and then God gives us good leaders. No. As we are praying, we also get involved. That is what God expects of us. They will participate physically in our governance. That God will not by himself come down from heaven and give you a leader. You will choose your leaders and God will affirm it. That God is said to do what he permits by not physically interfering. Hallelujah. Is that clear? Is that clear? So I'll take a question from, from, um, from someone from my email. Okay, I have a question in my, in my email. So the question is this, okay? That what do you do when you find, you know, in Scripture something that, that, that are not consistent with God's character? Something that are not consistent with God's character. That what do we do about it? Okay? As I said earlier, start with Jesus. In Jesus, you see God's character. Remember First John 5.20, that the Son of Man has come to give us understanding. So it is in him that we see understanding of God. Amen? Colossians 1.15, that is the image of God. Hebrews 1.3 is the image of God. So we know that it is in Jesus that we we'll see God accurately. So it's also in John 1, 18, that no one at any time, but the Son of God has come, okay, and he has made him known. So we see God in Christ. So to understand God's character, start from Jesus. Okay? So when you ask that, okay, what, what I'm seeing here doesn't look like Christ or Son. If now lead you into a research of what really happened there. Okay, you now open your concordance and start comparing what you, you're now going to a proper study. Okay, but the idea is that when you see those things and you see Jesus, 
it makes you pause to do a research of what exactly happened there. So I can't help you to go case by case and tell what happened there. I can only guide you how to go about it. Start with Jesus. If it doesn't tell you Jesus, then go into research okay, of what happened there. Um, check out concordance of, 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 of the issue talk about in a different part of the Bible. Okay? Check out, for example, now when we read 1 Samuel 7, I think, 1 Samuel 7, 2 Samuel 7, I think, where the Bible says that, that God moved David to censors. I think Chronicles that God did not do that, okay? We need to compare scripture with scripture and you find out what happened there. Okay? Do your research and you will know better. All right? Secondly, how then do we help, do we help unbelievers? Or how do we then make our case for unbelievers in these things? Well, you can only try. You can only try. I, can, I cannot guarantee that you can convince them otherwise. What you do is just try. Show them Jesus. And teach them, if it's possible, that God is said to do what he permits. Use cases of, that, that were shown you where they said God did something, but God did not really do it. When, when, when they said God kills God kill so, but we'll see right there, in that same, chap, that same chapter, that Saul killed himself. Okay? Use those parts to explain to them. If they get it, fine. They don't get it also. You, can, you, can, you can't help it. All right? But use what, you, use what you have been taught so far to make a case. And if it works, awesome. If it doesn't work. Well, good. All right? I think we are done with that, okay? We have no other questions. All right? Just give God thanks for tonight's teaching. Give him thanks. Okay? That you've learned something. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. This is a sound principle to learn, all right? It will guide you in your Bible study. Thank him for it. That God is said to do what he permits by not sovereignly interfering. Thank him for understanding, for knowledge. Because now it becomes clearer that you are actually responsible to get, to get things done. That you make your choices. That you take action. It becomes clearer. That your results are in your hands. You take action. You pray. You seek his face and then take action. Thank him. Because you see now how much, how much liberty you have in Christ. <laughs> Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Because now you understand better that your country will be changed by your participation, not by angels. That you will change your country. You will fix it, not angels. That we will join parties. It might take years to get, to get the kind of change we want to, but we'll start by joining parties now. Yeah, we will get involved. Because God will affirm our choice. Keep praying. The people of this world, they are, they, are, they are smart in these things. They plan for eight years, for 10, for 15, 20 years. We will so begin to do our own planning now also. We won't just wait down for the best. We get involved and plan to see change happen. Yes, thank you for wisdom. As you are praying, you are getting involved. You have your PVC, join a party, go for world meetings. You are wise, you are discerning. Father, we thank you this evening. We thank you for clarity in your word. Thank you because we see your will clearer and clearer in these things. Thank you for, you know, taking away the veils from our face so that we can see you better. 
so we can see you clearer. No, you know, less ambiguity, more clarity. Thank you, Jesus. We see you clearer, and we are grateful for this. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's give our offerings. Let's give our offerings, okay? Package your offerings. Remember this. We see God accurately through Christ. The Son of Man has come and has given us understanding. First John 5.20. Corinthians 1.15 is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews 1.3 is the, is the exact representation of, of the Father, okay? Such representation. So we see those things clearly in Christ. John 1.18, okay? No one has ever seen at any time, but the Son of Man has come, who is also God himself, and has made him known. All right? We see God accurately in Christ. Back at your offerings. Our account numbers are on the screen and in the comment section. Our account numbers are in the, on the screen and in our comments sessions. Remember also, that we are still doing our fundraising, all right? And we are paying our rent um, end of July, right? Yes, we are paying our rent end of July. And we are still quite a bit, you know, a, a, a good way to go. So please, um, tight, amen. So, all right, we are helped. Okay, so our friend account is um, this green check, the account name, GT Bank, and I trust bank, okay? And our account number is 042-042-5390-396. Guarantee Trust Bank, this green church. All right? Father, we are glad to give to you. Thank you for the grace to give and to partner with you in giving and receiving. We thank you for the ministry of, the, of this green church and what you are doing through us. We thank for provision that keeps taking us forward. Father, tonight we receive for, for all of us as givers, as, as, as sowers, as tithers, even much more capacity to give. Okay? As we give, we, are, we receive, okay? and we are enabled and empowered to even do much more for the gospel. We excel in ideas, in creativity, in excellence, in innovation. We are led and we are discerning. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Closing church, once to go. Saviors are rising to succeed and to lead. Establishing the values of God's kingdom everywhere we go. I am that Savior, filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word. I am light and life in my world. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, that was quick. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Cheers to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.